You are listening to Omnis Protocol. I am Charles, also known as Omnis, and I am here with Merzane guesting on my show. What's going on, man? Nothing much. Just enjoying my evening. How about yourself? Uh, well, I'm ready to podcast and talk some MCP, but before we dive into our topic, why don't you tell the listeners where they can uh, find you if they uh, if they enjoy you so much on this episode? Where do they track down more Merzane content? Well, uh, I am part of the Turn Zero crew, so occasionally I show up on a Turn Zero podcast, but the podcast that you can normally hear me on is Advanced R&D. We uh, build lists with people, uh, we explore the jank tank, and uh, have a whole lot of fun there. Do you have like a show segment that's like getting Merzany or something like that? That would be <laughs> a great... Uh... Uh, no, uh, actually, I don't know which... So my co-host Kenny and I—I I don't know which of us, if which of us is more insane, honestly. Uh, his his bit lately has been trying to get Ebony Ma on everyone's list. Okay. Uh, which hasn't worked, as you can imagine. Yeah. Uh, and I typically just scroll through a database, looking at every single card and just finding the weirdest one I can find. Like, hey, what about this one? <laughs> what about um, No Escape? And they're like, I never read that card. What does that card even do? Uh, I'm, it's the one where you get to roll four dice when someone leaves a certain distance from you oh, and then yeah, deal yeah. damage. That, that was one of the, the Ant-Man and Wasp cards, right? Yeah, that one in reversal. They did like the same thing for different like yeah, different, triggers. Yeah, different situations. Yeah, and right. they're both really bad, but it was really funny. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, what Merzane and I are going to dive into, and we're going to get into the Sam spam. What we're trying to say is uh, where there's a Wilson, there's a way. We are going to dive into what has been affectionately referred to as Sam spam. So if I have this right, and listeners, the idea here is I actually don't know that much about this uh, this particular team. I've read a bit about it, and like I can pick up a little bit. So I thought it'd be fun to pull on somebody who's been playing the team to kind of answer questions. Cause I could like pick people's brain on discord or whatever, but let's do a podcast. So anyone who wants to learn about this can learn about it with me. So Merzane, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like the basic concept here is you're going to run Sam Wilson, Captain America, and you're going to try to get a fair amount of characters on the team above average. If you can like, you know, probably at least a two in some cases and a lot of different various three threats and then maybe a four, something to that effect. Yeah, typically um, you're going to be wanting to take one character above what you would normally think. So the general idea is you have one or two more characters more than your opponent, whether that be five, six or seven. Uh, I haven't been insane enough to see eight yet. Um, someone can do that and tell me how it is and I would love it, but... Uh, the general idea is just to outnumber your opponent. Makes sense. And it also seems like part of it is you don't really have a linchpin to the team. It's not like when you're building around Modoc or something like that. You know, if somebody dazes a character, you're like kind of expecting it because no one character is critical to the overall plan. Yeah, exactly. And in fact, a lot of your plans will bank on your opponents uh, dazing a specific character so you can you know, yeah. get your abilities and stuff. You put someone out there in hopes that they get uh, get dazed or you go, hey, if you don't daze this person, they're going to be you know up in your business. Yeah, exactly. In the professional world, we call it getting jabated uh, <laughs> into killing my guy so I can kill your guy in, in return. Nice. OK, so uh, you gave me kind of a rough standard list 
uh, our standard kind of team composition. And so kind of a baseline for the listeners, we were talking about something like Sam Cap, War Machine, Iron Fist, Hawkeye, Okoye, Core Widow, Vision, Ant-Man, Zemo, and Hydra Bob. So the few first things I notice is that you, you have three different two threats in there. And then there's only a single four threat character in the whole set of options. Right. <laughs> so right there, that should tell you a lot. Um, how does one go about kind of figuring out which characters you're taking in which situations? Um, so one of the things about Sam Spam is that it is, ext- it is extremely flexible. Um, so you can do a lot of different builds with it. Um, the one that I, the standard I think, and the kind that I used um, when I played was a, uh, is like sort of a toolbox. So every character you bring typically has a role. And when you recognize on the table, Oh, my opponent brought that thing. I don't like, I brought this character for that guy or, Hey, we're playing demons downtown. Well, I brought vision for demons downtown to take advantage of his beam. Um, so the thing with the list, like this, the, the, the standard list that I, I, um, I sent you, uh, has a lot of, a lot of that, a lot of tools, um, catered to specific things. Uh, yeah, you've got a lot of like three threat specialists. Exactly. Um, my, mine's a little bit different than this, but this is a good smattering of flavors that you can get in the, uh, the gallery of good characters for it. Uh, and you mentioned the, the one four threat. So you probably don't want to go above four threat because <laughs> you're one out number. Yep. And, but um, there are variants that take no four threats and there's variants that take two, four threats. Um, the other one, good one is Enchantress um, or Medusa. Those are both good. I put yep. vision in here because the two things that you want to leverage with a lot of your characters is going to be Avengers Assemble. Avengers Assemble is a really underrated card because Avengers haven't been used a lot. They've been bad for a while. But they have that, been pretty poor. <laughs> that has changed for sure. Sam is bringing things back. Exactly. So with your leadership, which do we want to go ahead and get into the leadership in a second so that everyone can be... Yeah, why don't you, why don't you cover the leadership real quick for the listeners in case someone's not quite familiar or hasn't had a chance to dive into Sam Wilson yet. Perfect. So Sam Wilson has the all new, all different affiliation uh, leadership for the Avengers affiliation. And it is whatever a care, an allied character is dazed or KO'd, including him. It includes him. Choose another non-dazed allied character. The chosen character removes a damage, one special condition, and may advance a short. You can only be affected by each character can only be affected by this leadership once per round. I mean, still really good. It doesn't cost any power, it and it gives a three-part benefit to someone that can potentially happen multiple times. Obviously, you don't want too many characters dazed or KO'd in a particular round, but moving characters into a more optimal position, you know, healing characters and removing key status effects. That's it's a great leadership. It is. It and it's super versatile with uh, especially when you you know talking about Avengers Assemble. With a character like Vision or a character like uh, Zemo or Hawkeye, any of these long-range characters, you can have them somewhere safe. One of your in-danger characters can get dazed. You can move that character a little closer to the action. Uh, 
do some damage with them and either Avengers Assemble out, or if they're really far away from the action, you can move them and then do Avengers Assemble to get them in. Or with a, in a case like Vision, move people away from your beam, get them out of the way. <laughs> well, it can uh, also create situations, right, where near the end of the round, someone may have to be careful because if they if they were to daze or KO a character, you could end up moving someone else into a key position to score. And so it can make attacking your characters even more risky. Yeah, especially if you're playing people like Wakanda who want to push you off and throw you off. And they do that after your character is activated. And then they manage to kill one of the other guys. You're like, well, I know you pushed that guy earlier, but he's just going to move right back on the point. Sorry. Yeah, he's he's coming back. All right, so... How 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 many Avengers characters are you generally running? Do you do you run the minimum to get to the affiliation bonus, or do you generally do you try to run as many as possible to maximize uh, Avengers Assemble? It, it it all sort of depends on what your p- particular flavor is. Um, so the one that I liked to play, I'm going to talk about a couple real quick. I like to play at seven wide every single chance I could get, which means at least four people uh, have to be Avengers. And I would typically take three, two threats, which were Nebula, Koye, um, uh, Black Widow one. I always forget. <laughs> um, so the other four have to, were, were three threats typically. And I usually liked to take Avengers so that they could all benefit from Avengers Assemble. But having one splash three really helps. Things like Zemo to buff your other guys. I had a lot of success with Domino passing out incinerates. You could have a character like Valkyrie to throw people. But typically you're trying... you. you for me, I want to get four Avengers because that's a lot of characters to be able to move randomly. But if you're going six wide, you can... You still have to get four, but um, you're not going to so, take as many two threats. It sounds like you are still doing the minimum for the most part. It's not that often you're going up to five or six pure Avengers. Well, I was going to say, I think in my NashCon, no, in my NashCon game, I did take the minimum. Um, but there were yeah. there are games where you may take, I took a lot of Sam, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, War Machine, and then two more characters. One of them was typically uh, Black Widow 1 or Hawkeye. So I could have a lot of tanky people on the table. So like I said, it it all really, it's such a weird, it's such a a weird (laughs) thing to think about. It's so versatile. There's no hard answer to what you have to do in any situation. You could, you could feasibly run all Avengers. And I've done that. Uh, My first game was all Avengers except Winter Soldier. Hmm. Okay. So, um, we'll talk about your, your NashCon finals game where you guys ended up both playing Sam Spam, you and Sooner, I believe, correct? Correct. Okay. And so my first question here is, do you think that it ended up being Sam Spam in the finals because Sam Spam is just that good? Or did it just so happen to be that two people were playing very well that both happened to be playing that and that's what created the finals match? It's a hard question because there ended up being four Sam players in the top eight. Three of them were playing Spam. One person was playing like She-Hulk and uh, some a couple other hit, heavy hitters in his list. Um, but the thing talking about versatility is all three were super different. I brought a toolbox. Sooner brought uh, uh, 
something that didn't really go seven wide. He brought Enchantress and Vision. It was really looking forward to countering Sam Spam. And the other Sam Spam brought all people with invulnerability. So he actually won a game with Iron Man on the table, took Proxima Midnight, Lizard, Luke Cage, all of those characters that reduce by one damage. Hmm. Okay. So every, all three of us were playing completely different games with the same affiliation and the same leader, which sounds weird. Um, and it's a little biased. It, it feels a little biased to say, I think that, uh, all of us were good players and would have made, could have made it there anyway, but Sam Spam is certainly strong and needs certain things to play into it. And a lot of people, I don't think were prepared. So when you have a solid player running a really solid list, of course, they're kind of bound to get there. So one thing that uh, I kind of noticed across the board was uh, War Machine was super common. Like he was pretty much like the most common person I saw included. Why do you think that is? War Machine is extremely hard to kill with his invulner- talking about the invulnerability, his high defensive stats, which is perfect into an into a leadership that is naturally going to heal him and talking about, you know, vision, having his beams, war machine has a three a range three beam, uh, same power. It's in physical, which isn't quite as good, but he's a really good cheap target for something like all you've got to get a good beam, uh, across three, two, two to four characters and run a couple of beams, get the power to all you got, all you got, finish them off. And then he dazes, and then someone else gets to move and uh, heal stuff because the trigger isn't just when your opponent kills you; it is any time. So all you got triggers it. He's a good target, and then someone can field dressing him, and he's back and he's hard to kill again. So, like one of my first thoughts was, I was kind of curious as to um, if. Iron Man has any competition for that spot? Because obviously Iron Man is equally as durable, right? It's basically the exact same stats, if I recall. But obviously it seems like Sam puts out a little bit more consistent damage because he's always doing the fives. But Iron Man does have a little bit of push tech. Um, so I was, I was curious if Iron Man ever competes for that spot. I don't think he competes, but I think he's a good compliment. And I... Th- if you want to talk about some future stuff, the Helios laser, I think, is a really solid reason to bring him in upcoming uh, Sam builds. Uh, but th- like I said, uh, my friend Justin brought the tanky Sam spam and brought Iron Man and won a game with him on the table. Uh, I played a couple games with him, and he's felt solid when you can move him around for free. And if you can match him up into the right things, he can do he can do a good bit of work because of the wild the wild push is anyone. It's not sized. So yeah. you can get a surprising amount of work out of him. You just have to set your expectations. It is Iron Man. <laughs> He's not going to kill the world until you shoot lasers at people. Yeah, for sure. Um, so the second character that seemed to be included the most, at least as far as what I was seeing, was Iron Fist. Um, is it just that he is... He does seem like the potential when he gets to move and then get into position, like... The, the additional movement tech seems like it might be better on him than almost anyone. Is that kind of why he gets included so much? It's it's a three-pronged thing, right? So he's really good when you get mobility on him because he has built-in mobility and he is kind of a scary, hard-to-kill character. He also carries heroes for hire, 
which in a list where you may be wanting to scalpel out a specific three-point character, when another three-point character takes the hit for them and ruins your plan, it can really put a dent in you, especially if he dies. The, the, the trade, you know, when you do Heroes for Hire, you want him to live so he can throw them away and keep them out of range of the original target. But if he dies, you just trigger Sam's ability and they move away anyway. <laughs> so you don't really mind if he dies. And then the other thing is he becomes a time bomb in Sam's spam where you are either going to have to deal with him. And it's, and it's in a lot of lists. That's why he's bringing, being brought a lot. You either deal with him or Sam will help deliver him and he will iron fist your most vulnerable character and you lose them for a round. And it probably loses you the game depending where, where it is. It's it's a very potent attack. <laughs> it also seems like he he creates one of those complications when you have lots of low threat characters. You know, sometimes it's just like, oh, no single activation is that scary, but he is definitely a low threat character that can have a particularly scary activation. Yeah, and a lot of your characters in my opinion the way that I brought them was to have every character bring something specific your opponent was fearing. So it became a really hard choice about who they wanted to attack. And even if they make the right decision, it may not be very helpful when another character can move in and do their thing a little easier or get out and be safer. Um, A lot of people end up picking someone that they hate the most and laying into them really hard. You're okay with that because you have five or six other characters uh, all doing their work at the same time. You kind of expect those sacrifices and having disruptions to make it even work harder with people like Iron Fist or Okoye, uh, just just throw an even bigger wrench into your opponent's uh, uh, plans into your uh, into your list. All right, makes sense. All right, so what what characters before we get into your specific roster? What do you consider like the core characters? Like if you're going to do this, you kind of have to have them in the roster. You definitely hit three of them. I think that. Um, Sam, War Machine, and Iron Fist are the three big boys. They're the, they're the big three for it. When you're looking at twos, everyone's going to tell you Okoye for almost everything. If you're not, if you're looking for an out-of-affiliation two, you're going to look at Okoye. Uh, if I had to choose another, I would probably say for me personally, in affiliation, it's Luke Cage. He's a character that really appreciates the maneuverability. He likes to be up in the mix. And he is so hard to kill. And if your opponent's trying to hit him because he's really threatening and really annoying, they're not hitting your people like War Machine or Sam himself, who is probably the Sam's probably the squishiest and biggest target in your list. Yeah, he's probably the only kind of true linchpin piece where, you know, you, you don't want to lose him too early. There's probably a point in the game where you're fine with it, but he's definitely one that you you want to keep around for as long as he can. Definitely. Uh, for anyone that's played War Machine, it really feels like when you're playing him that he's like your Warcaster, where you're having this dance of getting the most work out of him as possible while also making sure he just doesn't get dogpiled and destroyed. And now you don't want to lose when you lose Sam, because the, the list is still solid. He's still got a, a bunch of cool people, but it definitely makes you lose a lot of value if you lose him early. Yeah, you don't want him dazed turn one or turn two and then KO'd the following. That that would still be bad. But if you lose him in four or five, it's not the end of the world. Exactly. Okay, so there are so there aren't any essentials past that? 
any other characters that are essential? Um, if you're looking for more three, two threats, I think that Widow, if you're wanting to go for seven wide, if the, as wide as possible, Widow's a really good option because she's a two-point character in affiliation. If you're looking to go something with the four points, I think one of your first looks should be Vision because he's in affiliation and he's got a great beam. He's got a throw. Uh, he's hard to remove. And um, for out of affiliation, personally, I think a lot of people don't talk about her. I think Domino is probably my favorite out of affiliation character in the uh, that I that I could take in the list. All right. Well, why don't we move on to your specific roster? What is your favorite version of this team? So the list that I took to NashCon uh, is I I took Sam, War Machine, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, Hawkeye, Domino, Ghost Spider, Nebula, Okoye, and Black Widow. One, the core Widow. So I did, like I said, I brought a toolbox of characters. Everyone in there had a specific uh, matchup I wanted them into, a specific place I wanted to run them. Uh, they, they were, most of them were not generalists. And the only one I didn't take was Ghost Spider because I took a lot of anti-Black Order tech because I was absolutely terrified of that matchup. And then I played it twice, and the two scenarios I got weren't good for her. <laughs> so I ended up playing different different ways, and I lost one and won the other, so it worked out. But I took a very low-to-the-ground, very wide toolbox uh, with a lot of ways to to pick and choose how I wanted to approach each matchup. Okay, solid. All right, let's talk. Uh, what do you usually go for for tactics cards? So... In the current meta, I feel like for a lot of a lot of lists, your first two are going to be all you've got, and then your other restricted. In this case, field dressing is really good. You're wanting your characters to daze. It only makes sense that you want to bring them back when they do and make get another trigger. Yeah. All you got is stupid powerful, especially when you can force project three threat characters to hit above their weight class and kill way bigger characters. Uh, Bitter Rivals is another one. When you're running a bunch of three threats, you already have more dice economy than your opponent. So if you make their dice economy even worse through a card like Better Rivals, it just compounds that problem on them, uh, and both offensively and defensively. And it can also either it can be your go in and hit them turn, or it can be shoring up a, a, a return fire that you can expect coming. And then Avengers Assemble is in every single list I think I'll ever take. Talking about all the maneuverability. Uh, is Avengers Assemble essentially the only like 100% auto-include? Until all you've got is banned, yes. I, I think it is the only auto-include right now. Um, and then if you take Iron Fist, you'll probably take Heroes for Hire. The, the two that you flex the most in my build anyway is Bitter Rivals and your fifth. And I just choose between Heroes, Mission Objective, and Advanced R&D. I took Blind Obsession and realized I'm not smart enough to figure out how to use it correctly. And I also like using that token as my score tracker more than I like to put it on a card. Gotcha. I do like Blind Obsession. I thought that was a good pick when I was looking at your roster. I was like, ooh, I definitely that one's definitely one that can make make somebody swing above their weight class. 
Yeah, and I'll, what a lot of people will do is they will set up a choice for you. We, you know, always talk about making bad decisions for your opponent is a really big part of this list. You blind obsession on one side, a character uh, that is going to probably get work done to take attention from the other side where they really want to kill somebody. Like, say, Iron Fist is exposed on one side, but they have three characters. Uh, they have two characters and a Valkyrie. Um, your Valkyrie is over there. You can blind obsession the Valkyrie, and it makes them say, oh, well, I want to kill your Valkyrie so she doesn't get to absolutely destroy someone. But if I do that, then you get to activate with Iron Fist and do the Iron Fist and do even worse things. Um, but like I said, I, I didn't. I wasn't confident enough that I would be able to set my opponent up in those kind of exchanges uh, and it go my way. So I typically just didn't play it. Uh, but it definitely made people think. There was a couple of people that were like, oh, you have light obsession. I don't want to see that. <laughs> I was like, well, it's a good thing because I'm not going to play it. Yeah, it's definitely a card. When you get to use that one, I don't want to say correctly, but in an advantageous way, it can feel really good. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Mission Objective is another one that people don't really think about that's very similar. Uh, I only did it once, but it's really good in the Deadly the deadly Legacy Virus mission. You don't have a lot of ways to pass off the, the points or steal them, at least in my build. So having a way to shunt it off to someone else when they daze is a really good way to uh, start getting control of them or even shunt the last one off onto one person and win mid-turn. Uh, the one time I did use it, I felt like the coolest person in the world. I all you, I had one on my Iron Fist and I had one on my War Machine, and War Machine did his all you've got play. Uh, had another action. I, I it only took three to kill the guys I was shooting. He moves over towards Iron Fist, high fives Iron Fist as he dies and gives him the legacy virus he was holding through mission objective, and then dies and lets Iron Fist move away so he's a little safer. Oh, that's nice. That's a good play. Yeah, there um w- when you have that many characters, it's really it's a little bit easier and with so much movement, there's a lot of ways that you can kind of get these interesting mission objective plays into people that they wouldn't expect. Well, also seems like when you have that many characters, there's going to be a point in the game where you absolutely can afford having one run away, especially if someone's been trying to prevent you from getting the uh, the leadership triggers and you have a lot of characters late game. They You may be in a spot where like, oh yeah, I can totally have this two threat run away with an objective. I'm totally fine with that at this point. Yeah, and because you're so you're so wide you're flush for targets with it there's typically always someone close by that you can tag off a a, an extract to okay so we we talked about tactics cards what do you think what are there any crisis cards that this team really wants to force on their opponent no they play so well into everything it's more about what you as a player don't want to see uh, I think that their best is probably stuff like Demons Downtown, because you have so many characters that it doesn't hurt you to have one or two stand on a point and get incinerated. A lot less of your team will get incinerated on a on an on an objective like that. Sword is good for the point cost. The low point costs are good because you can typically throw a lot more characters on the table than your opponent can. 
So if you can overwhelm them, that can help. And then your standard five extract, uh, five asset extracts like spider infected and cubes are nice because you have a lot of targets that can pick them up. Uh, but they don't really have many that they're bad into by default. They're bad into things like Gamma into Black Order like everyone or Mayor Fisk on uh, Fisk Witnesses, <laughs> just like everyone else. So you definitely want to cater more to your opponent and also what like your own play style is. Like you, you can you, – your, your objectives are what you want to make of it. Strangely enough, I know that's really weird for a, a, a list. A lot of lists like to build a specific strategy, but Sam's flexible. He he can hey, do whatever he wants. It's good to have rosters and teams in the game that that play that way. And that always did kind of seem like if you go back, like into some of my first episodes way back in the day, I was like, I feel like Avengers are supposed to be the team that can build in response to their opponent better than any other team but they didn't quite seem good enough at it. It seems like that might not be the case anymore because that yeah, seems def- exactly like what this team does. I definitely think that that's starting to be a little bit more their flavor. If you do want one that someone has built for, uh, my friend Justin, he was the other one that played Sam Spam in the top eight, his tanky Sam Spam with characters like Lizard, Iron Man, and War Machine with the four physical. He played Mutant Madman because he could leverage that the his high defense to flip the objectives. He, like had a, a lot. he had a good bit of ways to heal people because of the the, uh, the affiliation and the uh, healing factor on, like, Lizard. So a lot of his turns would turn into double move from mine onto the one that you just activated your character on and try to steal it. You have one character, I need two successes on four dice. Yeah. Uh, and then most characters tend to have three. A lot of the popular ones, two to three, sometimes four. So then they're needing, they have worse odds to take it back. And if he doesn't take it, he's fine taking the damage from the mutant madman because he gets a power and then probably heals it. Or if he doesn't and he dies, well, then someone else gets to do something cool. Yep, I can definitely get behind that. Okay, so some other questions about team design. I was really surprised that in none of this have we mentioned Beast at all. I like Beast a lot as an Avenger. And so I'm kind of curious if there's a, a reason why he hasn't made the cut. So for me, the reasons that I would take him would be to be either defensive. And I think he's good for that, especially if you're looking at like a tanky, uh, tanky spam where you're trying to do a mutant madman thing because he's got the four physical. Yep. Um, And because he can do his rerolls and healing him with his six base, uh, base health and his yeah. the movement on his medium base makes it go a little bit longer but typically what i would probably have wanted in that slot is someone who is a bit more consistent and b sometimes can have power problems and a lot of the characters you want in the list either don't need power to do their things or have good ways to get it and so he's kind of in this weird spot in between where if he can get it he does really good things but if he's not getting it he might be in some trouble I guess I just felt like when when you have this team that's already kind of outnumbering people that you're going to score points better because you just have more characters and it's going to be hard for them to deny you points. Having an, uh, someone who is within the Avengers who gets to benefit from Avengers Assemble and counts towards your affiliation bonus that also has a two-cost throw, 
just seems like a natural pick for me. So, but and, and the magic of Sam spam is you can do it, and I don't yeah. think it's a bad move. The more I look at him, the more I think, yeah, he is a, like he's a good he's a good pick. Anyone in Avengers is typically a good pick. Yeah, um, but I'm not sure there's a true bad pick. There's really not. Uh, Except maybe the, uh, the really expensive characters. I think once you're once you look at four threats and above, you start hitting those bad picks. But anyone that's in the three that I can think of are good. Maybe Wong because what you want characters that can output because you want to have a higher action and dice economy, and Wong is just kind of an action sink. Yeah, for sure. And he, I mean, he's a two. I don't hate it, but I can see why he's not the right pick here. You already have ways to remove the. Um, the ailments, you know, you you have healing mechanics built in. I I can see not, I can see Wong definitely not fitting into this roster. Yeah, and most of the other two threats bring a, a better tool than him. So like Rocket can shoot really well. Nebula can go really fast and assassinate someone. Bob's really cute thing is he can trigger your, uh, he can continuously if you get the power on him trigger your affiliation bonus. Uh, Because he dazes himself with his rockets. So there's a lot of really, there's typically more interesting ways to do that than Wong. But Beast, I could see, the more I look at it, the more I'm liking it. But there's so so many three threats, it's hard to consider all of them, even the ones in affiliation. Because you've also got Wasp and Ant-Man that we haven't even touched on, that are also really good and maneuverable. Yeah, obviously there's a bunch of characters you, you certainly could include. It was just, he... He feels to me like because I'm gonna I'm gonna play some Sam and see what I think of it, but I feel like for me Sam is my first pick. Or sorry, after Sam, I'm grabbing Beast and then I'm filling out from there. That, but that's me, and so I can see why that doesn't necessarily work for anyone. I was just curious if there was a if there was something that I just totally overlooked and was like, oh well, because of this, he's just the wrong pick. But I can't think of anything. I think he would be a good pick. Uh, like I said, it's so flexible. If there's a character at about three threat that you really like and think, I think it benefits from these, from this set of abilities, or if it doesn't benefit can make a benefit for the characters that do, then you certainly can, you can certainly add them in there. You have the room for it. You're running like six or seven characters (laughs) for sure. Okay. So um, this may be a question because obviously when you start looking at a roster and you see a lot of like, say the top five characters in the game not really being there you've got a koye so you've got the best character in the game so you're good there um but notice like when i look at these rosters i don't see valkyrie i don't see shuri you know and i'm just curious if there's a specific reason why they don't fit in or you know because like my first thought is like well maybe a lot of the time you're taking the two threats that are out of affiliation and so maybe that's why they don't quite fit um but i was curious what is there a specific reason why you haven't been including them? Um, like I had said before, my a lot of my out-of-affiliation picks were geared towards specific matchups. Um, and it was very heavily Black Order in in this list because I, I, had a, I knew that there was going to be some big Black Order players. Finger Guns and Ulysses were coming, uh, and I had a local that was bringing them. So I, I catered a lot to that. But Valkyrie is really good just like she is in any other list. There's no reason not to bring her. Um, For me, I wanted Ghost Spider for the control and for the pool, and I wanted Domino for the incinerate and the uh, crit canceling, which was extremely relevant in many games 
the almost purely the defensive aspect of it more than the offensive aspect of it. People could it's really hard to one shot her when you can't crit. Yeah, that that seems fair. Kind of along the same lines, it makes me think that like maybe I should consider Toad as one of my twos because I'm not a huge Nebula fan. I don't. I definitely don't think she's bad. I think this is definitely a team that could run her to great success. Um, but I find I get really annoyed having a character that doesn't actually contest. And so, but Toad having another way to incinerate when you've got so many low threat characters, and he's also can be one that's gonna be really kind of obnoxious to try to like kill in one activation because of his ability to move away. Yeah, and he's like surprisingly tanky on his front side with five health for a two threat. Uh, I definitely was considering him for a long time. Uh, some of my uh, some of my options in this were also slightly influenced by what was painted, uh, <laughs> and Toad is not painted. But I also just I really like Nebula. I took her a lot last season with Sinister, and really really enjoyed her. There's a lot of times she'll hit way above her weight class. Oh, yeah. I mean, she... That is her thing, is hitting above her weight class. Exactly. And that's kind of where I was gearing my Sam to, was I wanted characters with these particular skill sets so I could start having these low-threat characters hit above their weight class. She just fit perfectly into that strategy. And really, her her not contesting never came up because I never even tried to sit her at anything. I always put her in situations where it's, you can go after the guy contesting the point, but Nebula's going to kill you for it. And I, are you ready to lose your guy for it? But if you hit Nebula, then you're hitting a character that's not contributing to the objective. And does that really feel like a good way to use your actions, especially when you have way fewer than I do? Do you generally feel like Nebula does get targeted or does not get targeted? Uh, it really depends on if someone's had a previous bad experience with Nebula, I think. <laughs> some people respect her a little too much and some don't show her enough respect. Uh but the the like when I played Sooner, I think Sooner showed her the proper respect in that uh, he knew when to take the hits, particularly on characters that weren't taking objectives, because then she's just a normal two threat character. Uh, but there were definitely some players that I played that uh, feared the Nebula a little a little more than I think they needed to, because all it takes is one time for her to do a shock sword assault and murder your five threat character for no reason that you uh. You, you want to keep your distance. You were otherwise hoping would stay around. Yeah, exactly. Your um, your Thor went in and grabbed a hammer, and then Nebula decided, well, what if you didn't? And you couldn't <laughs> say no. What if you now dropped that hammer? Yeah, what if you uh, what if you just dazed, and one of my other dudes picked it up, and she got ready to do it again? Do you feel like the team... I mean, obviously, it's a consistent, strong team. But it has very little dice manipulation, like unless you're running like Domino. Um, do you feel like it's a very dicey team, or is it just the fact that you have so many bodies that there's 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 so many roles that it all kind of balances out? Um, the idea is that you don't need dice manipulation because, like you said, it eventually balances out. Your dice economy is typically way greater than your opponents. Uh, they have you have more chances to spike, and your opponent has less chances. And you need to spike far less than they do, typically, because you have so many characters to actually get anything done. Uh, so it's not a huge problem most of the time, but there are definitely points in some games 
where you have rolled particularly terrible and you can't get anything going and it can hurt there. Uh, there's not a whole lot of options for dice manipulation outside of like Shuri. Shuri's a good one. Um, and coming soon, I'm looking really hard at Hood for Hood's gang because uh, that might be a really cool card for them. That that free consistent dice rolling. How did no? Uh, I don't know this card off the top of my head. I've been looking oh. through all the new stuff. So why don't you why don't you tell me how does this card going to potentially shift up this team? So Hood's gang, uh, Hood is a transform character. He's a he's a three threat. Yeah. Uh, his cool thing is he's got rapid fire mystic guns. So it brings some it brings Mystic to the team when they previously don't really have a lot of Mystic. Uh, Hood's gang is his his particular tactics card. If he is on his normal side, he can play it for free uh, during his activation, and for the whole round, anytime an allied character attacks an enemy character contesting or holding an objective, they can reroll one of their attack dice for each attack. That's really good. <laughs> It's pretty good, especially when he's one of six or seven characters. Yeah, so, so every character gets one one roll per attack, one re-roll per attack, as long as they're attacking someone contesting or holding an objective. Yep. I had not looked at that tactics card. That's quite solid. I have a I've been looking at it very hard. <laughs> that makes Criminal Syndicate only getting more scary too. Yeah, uh, it's so hard not to make Criminal Syndicate scary. Yeah, they're yeah. Don't need to derail into Criminal Syndicate, but it's such a <laughs> weird. It's it does seem like Criminal Syndicate with their leadership has to be one of the hardest affiliations to balance. Like, I feel like they're like if you dropped key characters in there, you could just suddenly break that affiliation. Yeah, I I think it's the primary reason most of those characters move slow because it's a really good way to keep them in check. Yes, that seems that seems totally reasonable. Okay, so on the flip side of this, are there are there anything that Sam has particular trouble with? Are there like affiliations or team designs that just give this some fits? So the two that I'll, I'll mention an affiliation, and I've mentioned them a couple times, and I'll mention a character, and sooner we'll appreciate that I'm mentioning that character. Uh, so Black Order can potentially be a problem. There's a lot of, I don't think it's a terrible matchup, but like a lot of, like a lot of other affiliations, if you p- try to play into their game, it can be very tough. Now you do have a lot of bodies and a lot of ways to mitigate. So it kind of becomes a game in some of the, some of their typically advantage situations, but they still have a lot of ways around your, um, your tricks like Thanos moving all of your bodyguards away, um, picking people apart. Corvus can go in and casually one shot people. Uh, and when you're having characters one shot multiple times in an active single activation, it makes your action economy go down, especially against a team that is very durable and has very, very high quality action economy. Uh, it, that that one can be particularly tough. And then Criminal Syndicate's another one if you don't have enough bodies to sit on points. Uh, and they're hard to push off with these characters who typically either don't have pushes or can push size two. Yes, that, that seems reasonable. The character that hurts uh, is Carnage. Uh, Carnage is one that can kind of go on a killing spree and murder several people, and he's pretty easy to splash at four points. So uh, 
I don't think he's like a hard. I don't think there's a hard counter to Sam. I don't think it hard counters anything, but I don't think there's a hard counter in return. Kind of like how you mentioned, they're just so flexible. They can kind of they're kind of a response team. But yeah. Carnage definitely uh, definitely can give them nightmares. Uh, that you have to show him a lot of respect. It definitely seems like both him and Black Order and some of these like really murder intensive teams, you know, that love to take advantage of lots of low threat characters could, you know, obviously when you're facing a team of low threat characters, when you want to beat up on a bunch of low threat characters, that's going to be, it's going to be an issue. And then there's also the standard, like, you know, enchantress beams and movements. Uh, Another subtle one, if you're taking a list like mine, where you have a bunch of three threats as your maximum threat, is Killmonger's Usurp the Throne can hit just about anyone. Uh, so, you know, normally when you play Usurp, play against, against someone with Usurp, you know who they're going to go for because it's only your 1-4 or your 1-5. But in this list, it, like in mine, oh, well, I have about five targets he can hit. So I guess I, he just gets his pick of the litter, whichever one he wants to kill this turn. Yeah, so does it seem like if you think that your opponent may drop Killmonger into you and they have Usurp the Throne, that maybe you actively choose to have a four in that matchup? That could be a good idea. I didn't have that luxury, and I would probably just have to sweat it the entire time. <laughs> but yeah, I think that that's a good a good argument to take at least a four threat. Uh, actually, looking at Mini Stravaganza, going back to that again, I definitely, as funny as it sounds, considered Hulkbuster. Almost exclusively so I could go into stuff like that. And because uh, the Helios laser is like my favorite thing in the world right now. Yeah, I mean, I could, uh, I kind of want to do the the Patreon bonus episode talking about some potential flexes to this team. And so I'm going to save some of my thoughts there. But um, overall, I really like the design of this because it feels like, especially for say someone like myself who's coming back to the game, there's tons of ways to play this, right? You have so many different characters to choose from, lots of new stuff that's all good in the team. And so it, it seems like it would be super fun to try and you just get to learn all sorts of different characters. Almost any three threat that you're excited to play, you could probably work into this team. Yeah, exactly. I played last night with... Ant-Man, Iron Man, and Winter Soldier in the list. Um, my opponent, unfortunately, rolled absolutely poorly. Um, but even if he didn't, I felt like it was still solid. Um, and it was more of a casual game, but it really turns on these characters when they can, when they get that extra little bit of movement or that extra little bit of survivability, and when they've got a ton of backup. So when Iron Man fails to make a good good play... Well, now he's got War Machine next to him, and then another guy next to him, and then another guy next to him. So a lot of those characters that you may like that are in that point bracket that may not be performing as well for you, you can throw them on the table, and eventually they'll get their chance to shine and be super cool. Yeah, it seems like you can be reasonably aggressive, because again, none of the characters are, you know, as long as you're not too aggressive with Sam, you can be pretty aggressive with almost everyone else. Yeah, you typically have Sam as your most important. Don't lose Sam. Um, and then in a lot of lists, War Machine is the next important. He's kind of your queen in chess. Uh, disposable, but you don't want to lose him. And then everyone else, you, you just you just throw him wherever you want to. And if they kill him, they kill him. And if they don't, well, then they get to do really cool things because they're almost dead. 
Nice. Super exciting. So do you feel like this is a team that you're going to be playing quite a bit more? Or do you feel like you're getting ready to move past it? I'm I'm kind of split because I'm a Web Warrior player at heart. Uh, and with all these new announcements, there's a lot of reasons for me to want to play both. Um, but I think it definitely, my, I was a Web Warrior player primarily and a secondarily a Hasgard player. That might change. I may be, I may be half and half webs and, and Sam Avengers because they're just, even if they're not competitive, if there's ever a time where they're not very good, they're still just super fun. Uh, it's some of the most, it feels like when, when, when the game first started and no one really thought a lot about crisis control and having a bunch of pushes and it was all about coming to the table and rolling dice and kind of having fun, even in competitive games, it, they really kind of go back to that. Uh, Cause it's typically their, their game plan and it works. So it's a really nice refreshing way to kind of unwind and still feel like you're not disadvantaged. You just come to the table and roll dice and Hey, I rolled so many, I won. Yeah, it does seem like if you've been playing some of the big characters and then you're you're get, you're finding yourself getting frustrated because, you know, dice just failed you in a key moment, it seems like this is the sort of team where you could go, well, it you're just going to roll a bunch of dice. You're going to have lots of opportunities, so you're not going to feel as much like this is hinging on this one particular set of rolls has to go well. Uh, this could definitely relieve some of that pressure. Yeah, definitely. And, like, like he's, if you're feeling pressured from other lists, if you feel like you kind of need an unwinding kind of game, drop Sam on the table. He's just he's just fun. Just build a bunch of fun Avengers, recreate the Civil War scene, with <laughs> <laughs> Sam, uh, and it's it's just a blast. I I have not played a game with Sam Spam, win or lose, where I didn't have fun. Uh, which, you know. I would like to say that every single game of Marvel Christ Protocol I've ever played has been a ton of fun, but obviously that's impossible for every single game I ever play. But I've always felt every time I felt I played Sam, even just triggering his, his leadership, even when you're losing, you get to do stuff because you can trigger his leadership and you always feel like you're getting to play the game. And that's, what's fun about him. Well, yeah. And with the way that his leadership works, it can be kind of frustrating for opponents because you have to, every time you're going in to make an attack, you got to think, okay, if I trigger Sam's leadership, what is, what can my opponent do here? And there's, there's just always options. There's things that can change in the middle of your opponent's turn, which is not something that most teams have a lot of access to. Yeah. Especially if, you know, going, you you're probably kind of grouped up because you have so many people. If someone sends a Valkyrie into two characters and she's reasonably, it's reasonable for her to kill both of them. When she kills the first, the other one can just see Sia and be out of there. And then she's sitting there waiting to get counterattacked by the one that moved. Or uh, you thought that your guy with the extracts were safe because, you know, they moved back, but then you kill a guy on the other side of the table and all of a sudden, uh, Iron Fist moves up within range three of that guy. Now they're going to fly and kick and Iron Fist them, and you're going to lose those objectives. Yeah, that so, doesn't sound fun. I don't want that to happen to me. No, no one likes to get Iron Fist. <laughs> <laughs> no one's enjoyed it, but it's fun for you. <laughs> yes, it definitely seems fun from a like, ooh, I like you. Because it you those games can always be a little rough where you're constantly in a position of feeling like everybody's out of place and nobody really gets to do their thing. But whenever things start going bad for you, you get to move other characters into position for your follow-up. So it at least feels like you probably get to have lots of, you're going to lose characters, 
but you get to also have lots of good follow-up moments where you almost always have somebody in position to do something. Yeah. And like, like, like I said, you know, I, I took a bunch of fun characters. So like, if you've like winter soldier and Ant-Man, they don't always get things done every time you play them. But if you, if you bring them in your list, maybe this game winter soldier doesn't do anything cool, but this game Ant-Man got to like uppercut two people. All you've got do a bullet at barrage transform and punch someone else or something. And you can make those kind of plays. And then the next game you play, Ant-Man kind of gets slapped down. And then Winter Soldier gets to do Got Your Back, one-shot the guy. And uh, you get to do a cool thing with char- with those two characters that don't see a lot of play otherwhere, other places. Because Sam can enable that kind of play. Yeah, it, honestly, if I could use Avengers Assemble on Bucky, this would be a team where I would actually use him. And I I'd, I'd actually don't like that character in MCP that much. But... His Red Fury is a pretty solid spender, and he's one of my favorite characters to kind of like go up and actually, and his long range gun kind of makes it so I think a bunch of people don't play him this way, but I like to get him up there and get him attacked. So he builds up power and then gets to start doing things. And so it feels like that sort of character can do a lot of work in a team like this. Yeah, it's very, go ahead. (laughs) I was going to say, I just wish Avengers Assemble worked on him. Yeah, I, if there's two changes to him, I hope that he can see Avengers, and I hope he gets a five die builder, because uh, he's so he's so cool with Sam. Because till the end of the line works with Sam, which was the really hype stuff I like to do. The, the primary reason I initially wanted to play Sam spam was because I watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and I was like, wow, I want to do Falcon, I want to do Captain America, Falcon, and Winter Soldier till the end of the line in a game, <laughs> and did it, and it was so cool. It felt so fun. And then Bucky did nothing the rest of the game. Because <laughs> it's Bucky. But there's also been games where he's Red Fury and just two tat people or use the leadership when someone's died to move forward and shoot someone with Got Your Back. That yep. was previously out of range. You can get him so, into position for the Hydra tactics and stuff too. Yep. on And it, it can trigger on Day's characters. And there's and a list like this. You can kind of expect to have a lot of bodies lying around sometimes. <laughs> yeah, lots, lots to like. All right, so before we hop into the patron episode, is there is there anything else that you think that we need to cover on this one for the stuff that may just not have fallen into any of the specific questions, but you think is really important for the the team? Not really. Uh, really, the the thing that I like to uh, just to emphasize again, I know I said it a lot, is just that. It's super flexible, and if you've got an idea, it's probably worth trying in this affiliation. It's just good, clean, fun most of the time, uh, and like you can it. It's it's a dish you can you can season to taste. There's no right or wrong answer. Uh, if you've got something you want, just do it. Don't be afraid to try it with this list. Yeah, it seems like as long as you're playing Sam. And then with that, you are running, you know, a high amount of characters and yep. you're still in Avengers. As long as you do that, it seems like you're probably making good decisions. Yep. I, I mentioned, and uh, we'll talk about it in Patreon, taking Hulkbuster because it'd be fun. Not necessarily good, but it'd be really fun. And I think that there is merit to characters like that, even when you go outside of Sam Spam. Yeah. Well, I mean, 
Hulkbuster is one of the things I've wanted since the game first came out. That was like on my list of my three favorite things to see. So I'm definitely on board for putting Hulkbuster in almost anything. Yeah, and especially uh, the Helios laser, the Helios laser, or the Spirit Bomb, as I've called it, is probably my favorite tactic card in the game. Uh, and I, I can't remember who it was. I think it was uh, Justin, the one who had played the Tanky Sam Spam, coincidentally. Uh, some someone had said that you know people have been looking for a way to make Iron Man the original core Iron Man cool again. Well, if you people will just ignore him because he's bad. Well, if you give him the keys to a god laser, all of a sudden he becomes a really cool character your opponent has to deal with. Oh, you, <laughs> the one other character I was going to mention that I thought was potentially an interesting pick here is because Deadpool is an Avenger. By the way, let's yes. not get me started on the fact that neither Doctor Strange or Spider-Man are Avengers, but Deadpool and Wolverine and Iron Fist and... Okay, we'll, we'll avoid that topic for the moment. <laughs> but I like that Deadpool can get dazed relatively easily, but still counts as healthy on his flip side for the purpose of contesting. And he's got some reroll tech. And so... Go ahead, sorry. I was just going to say, so Deadpool is another one that stood out to me as potentially being pretty solid for this. I definitely agree. And there was a, a build before I took this build that had that he was a last minute swap for Ghost Spider, I believe. Uh, no, he swapped to Domino. I last minute swapped him into Domino, which was a good choice. Domino was amazing. Uh, yeah, she's good. He is a great choice, uh, almost particularly because he can do Merc with a Mouth really consistently. And make your opponent's power economy worse. Uh, which is really, which is really fun. And like you said, he's got the reroll. He's got good range. There's really not a whole lot that he does poorly. Uh, yeah. He's just a really like just solid three. He's not crazy good. He's just a really solid three. It looks like. Yeah. And when you can do the affiliation heal into his, he- his healing factor, it can be really hard to kill him. Even if he's on his front side or on his backside. Yeah, lots lots to like. So yeah, I was like, oh man, you know. But it was weird when I'm like looking at other people's teams and stuff. I'm like, well, I kind of want to start Sam Beast Deadpool, but that doesn't seem to be included. So maybe am I just weird or is just everybody playing different things? And it kind of seems like there's just so much options within this that you really can play just about anything. You you really can. And like I said, you're on, I definitely feel you on the Deadpool. The Beast, I have to try that because I haven't played enough Beast. But the Deadpool, I was definitely, I was, I you were already away there. From one. Yeah, I was, I was there, and I, I chickened out because Black Order scares me <laughs> more than you can possibly imagine. All right. Well, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Omnis Protocol, and Merzane, thank you for hopping on to talk this wonderful Sam Wilson tech with me. This is a super fun list. It is a blast. Thanks for having me on. I love talking about it and I won't, I'd like to see more people try it. I've seen some people kind of poo poo it because it's the thing that, you know, meta players talk about as a good list, but I, I think it's such a good list for all levels of play because it's so flexible and fun. Um, I'd like, I kind of like to like as a PSA, like don't don't be scared to try it because you think it's meta. It can also just be silly. Yeah, I mean, there's 
with this kind of variety, it feels like, yes, sure. You know, basically Avengers are finally meta. That's fine. Get over it. Yes. Finally, we're, we're playing a Marvel superhero game. Please have the Avengers be a good option in all forms of play because that's the flagship. That's the cool guys. Yeah. It, it seems weird when they aren't. Yeah, we've spent a majority of the game with Avengers feeling lackluster. And I and feel then, like now they're... Things get all new, all different. All new, all different. It's so good. It was so, it's so thematic. Yeah, especially after the great show. So I'm looking forward to Captain America 4. I, I'm Like I said, I wanted to play it because I liked that show. And uh, I, I'm looking forward to hopefully in after a couple months... Bucky gets a little help so I can, I can play the show. I like, that's what I want more than anything is to play those two on the table together. Cause they're so cool. I can't blame you for that. <laughs> All right. Well, listeners, I'm going to close it out here. Uh, if you want more ominous protocol content, check out the bonus episode where we're going to dive into this team even a little bit deeper, but if not, you look forward to another episode next week or go check out Merzane's content. Yeah. Uh, advanced R and D. Uh, advances in quotation marks because we're dumb. <laughs> Advanced. Adv- yeah. yeah, we have quotation marks. It's like Spider-Man and his hyphen. I, we earned those quotation marks being dumb. <laughs> All right. Well, going to close things out here. So remember, the most OP thing that you can do is be all new and all different. Peace.